news update. We roll into the trade deadline on Wednesday, July 31st, 2019, and we await confirmation that Trevor Bauer is on his way to the Cincinnati Reds. ESPN's Jeff Hassan was first to report Tuesday night that Bauer was on his way to the Reds as part of a three-team deal involving the San Diego Padres as well. John Heyman of MLB Network says that the Reds are moving Yasiel Pui to the Indians, and Dennis Lynn of The Athletic was also the first to add that Cleveland will also get Framel Reyes and Logan Allen from the Padres. Reds' top outfield prospect Taylor Trammell will head to San Diego. At the same time that this trade was announced, a brawl broke out between the Reds and the Pirates. Yasiel Puig involved in that one. We await word on suspensions. And in the NFL, Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green may miss more than just one regular season game. I'm Dan Straff, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Best friends. Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy. Best friends forever. That that wasn't the open we were looking for. But uh alright. Yo! This is the fantasy best friends! Ever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, Michael Florio, I am Greg Sussman. What's that? Trying to, oh, that's another open. Let's get that off. All right. Oh, great start to the show. Frank, what's up, man? Happy hump day to you, Greggy. How are you doing? How'd you I, sleep last night? I'm doing great. I, uh, I slept well. I did a lot of things that you don't like, which means I watched politics last night. It was oh, a good yeah. night. Not involved in that at all. A lot of politics. Tonight, too. It's going to be fun. All right, well, you give me a recap tomorrow on everything that's going on. Probably won't. In the corner, hanging out, make sure your mic's on under you. There's a button under the table. I want to make sure it's on. There you go. It's Mike Florio. Hey, Mike. Hey, Greggy and Frank. Uh, it's been a while since I've been in this seat. Uh, it's been a, a year. First time, over, long time. Over a year since I've, uh, I've seen Greggy. I've seen Frankie since then, but it's been over a year. Yeah, he got year. the uh, invite to Luger's, I heard. I had literally no idea that was happening. I was told we were going to some chicken spot. This and is much better than Chicken Spot. Yeah, there was just like, I was walking and I was like, wait. And there was like 15 people I knew in front of Luger's and I was like, this is awesome. That and then is, that's it was, awesome. It was a great night. That's but delicious. Did you like your food more than Frank did? I loved it. Frank, you didn't love it? It was a little, it was not cooked I enough I told you him. I liked the food, Greg. <laughs> no. I said that it was a little bit more uh, red than I would have liked. Well, we had this discussion. Frank said, how do you eat your steak? And I said, normally medium, but when you come to a place like this, medium, medium rare. rare. Like, yeah. you got to do that. And Frank said, no, I'm more of a... Frank, I, I listened. You like your steak medium well, you said, right? Yes. Is that right? Is that, is that bad? I wouldn't say it's good. Right. Yeah, I think that's a little bit overcooked. Little bit like I, just, I, I, don't, you, I don't like my meat too bloody. If it you know? makes you fit, feel better, the president likes his meat well done. With ketchup. With ketchup. I don't do either of those things. So. <laughs> I, I hope not. Uh, let's bring in our buddy, EY, Eric Young. What's up, EY? What's going on, boys? Uh, wine what? shirt day. Yeah. We're all looking real, real, real solid. Um, Dixon Flannel Company sends me all my shirts, and they are the best collared shirts. You can wash them. The collar never crumbles or fades. Nice. I mean, I'm telling you, these are the best shirts, and they're super affordable. Awesome stuff. Awesome guys. There you go, and uh, that's a plug for you if I've ever heard one. EY strikes me as a big steak eater. EY, how do you eat your steak? Medium rare. 
Uh-huh. Well, that's what Always. I ate the other day. Always so, been the Emirates. EY would have loved that. EY's a man's man. Was there any You're question? a person that cook, that eats steak well done. Don't talk to me. I agree. Totally. I, I don't get it well done. It. I, don't, I don't get it well done. You wouldn't mind that well done. Eat, eat, eat sliced roast beef from the from the grocery store or something. You're wasting your time. Disgusting. Amateur, am, amateurs. Amateur hour. Uh, so the story of the Hawaiian shirts in this room that you're seeing, we told it last week. I'm going to relay it again. So the Hawaiian shirts we're all wearing are from my closet. And... These were all worn by me in the sixth grade uh, when I was 12 years old. And they all still fit. Somehow. 40 years ago. They somehow fit. Uh, <laughs> they, they somehow fit us pretty nicely, to be honest with you. That's why I was saying right before the show started, I would love to see a picture of sixth grade Greg wearing one of these shirts. It must have been so Because bad. it had to be a dress on <laughs> I don't think it was. I, these fit us very well. <laughs> in fact, quite perfectly, actually. You're like This is like if I went to a store and was buying a Hawaiian shirt, this is the size I would buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would not mind laying on a beach right now with a uh, with a fruity drink in my hand, should much go, like Greg Sussman. Should we go to fruity drinks? <laughs> or that day. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that day. Whatever nice. you want to do. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure at least mine and Frank's clothes from like middle school would still fit us today because I, I don't know about Frank. I think probably so, but baggy clothes were in when we were in middle school. Same. I used to wear like a 4XT and like I was like five <laughs> foot. It, it would fit me. It would probably be big on me today. How's, yeah. your, how's your Hawaiian shirt fitting? It's pretty good. I didn't button it up because like. This shirt has a hood and stuff. Sure. But it's fitting pretty well. It looks like it fits well. I think so, too, man. I think so, too. All right. On the program today, it's going to be a great, great show today. Because in hour one, we're going over the second round. Frank and I did a first round mock. We, were, uh, we only had one player that was not in um, the, the same in between the first round. And that was... Michael was Thomas. Michael Thomas. That's right. Who signed a big extension today. Yeah, and I had Joe Mixon. Well, that was the difference. Michael Thomas yeah. versus Joe Mixon. So we had one player each that was different. Everything else, we did a couple of picks from each other, so that was pretty cool. I assume that today will be a little bit different. We're going to go over the second round. Uh, when we come back, I just will do it now. I'm going to tell you guys what our first round was, and you let me know, both you, Mike, and you, EY, what really stands out as wrong to you, if you could. Like, I'll, we'll let you know what we did, and you let me know what you really dislike or, or don't. So for me, my top 12, and you can read yours in a second, Frank. Saquon Barkley, number one. C-Mac, number two. Alvin Kamara, three. Ezekiel Elliott, four. DeAndre Hopkins, five. Devontae Adams, six. David Johnson, seven. Le'Veon Bell, eight. Jimmy Connor, nine. Julio Jones, ten. Michael Thomas, eleven. And Juju, twelve. Frankie. Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, CMC, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Joe Mixon, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So, Flory, after hearing that, what do you think? Mine would be a lot different, only, only because of... Uh, not a lot of different names, but different order because of a uh, stylistic approach. This year, I'm heavily, heavily a believer that there's a, f- a finite value of running backs who are going to give you 250-plus touches. I want one of those guys on my team. I like the receivers in round two a lot. I'm going to get a running back in round one kind of guy. So this year, like my top seven picks would all be running backs. EY, what stands out to you in our first rounds? Yeah, I feel like all those guys are are fairly there. Like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I still have Ezekiel Elliott one. I believe they're going to get it done. Jerry Jones will pay him. He will play this year. He's been in the system for a while. He doesn't really need to be at training camp. Ezekiel Elliott's my number one one running back and that hasn't changed but i mean the order would be a little bit different for me but that's basically it. and nick chubb's definitely in my top 12 
Right, Nick Chubb, definitely in your top 12. We're going to get into Nick Chubb because he is my next 12, and we'll discuss where he lands as well as some of the other running backs, like Damian Williams you hear from, Todd Gurley, who I know Mike Floyd has a lot to say about. Uh, we'll get to that on today's program as well. Uh, it's going to be a fun first hour. In hour number two, well, it's the witching hour, right? We're going to have the last hour up until the MLB trade deadline. I know EY doesn't give a crap about that, so that's good. He won't be on the show anymore, so that's cool. Um, that's the second hour of today's show first hour it is our uh entire second round preview so stick around it's ey it's florio it's all the bffs together reunited in our hawaiian shirt big night celebrating it'll be a big big night stick around more your bffs coming up right after this Thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Come on, come on. We're back here with you. It's the BFFs, Frank Stanfield, Michael Florio in studio, Eric Young as well. Rocking our Hawaiians, we were called the Fantasy Jimmy Buffets. I don't like it. I get behind that. I'm in on it. I'm wasting away again in Margaritaville. You know, I have a wedding next year at Margaritaville in Florida. Really? Yeah. That sounds like something you're going to love. I don't see how I wouldn't love it. Yeah. Can you wear your Hawaiian shirt there? I'm going to ask if I could just <laughs> wear like a, a sports jacket with my Hawaiian. Yeah, and maybe just button it all the way up and wear a bow tie with a Hawaiian shirt. I like it. That'd be great. I like your heads at. Support right. it. All right, let me get to the second round here for me, and Frank will reveal his, and you guys will obviously all comment. Uh, at number 13 overall, you're not going to like this one, Florio, for me. Uh, because it's another wide receiver. And he was the one that just missed out, of course, uh, in my first round. Because he's number 13, clearly. Um, and that's Odell Beckham Jr. I, I had a hard time differentiating between Michael Thomas, Juju, and Odell. So Odell is the next highest player on my board. I think he's in store for a big year with Cleveland as long as he can stay healthy. A lot of what you've seen on Twitter over the past few days are all the... Um, all the throws that Eli missed them, right? All the throws where Eli was high and, and Odell had like seven steps on um, a cornerback, and that should change now with Baker Mayfield throwing in the ball. I think Odell, again, as long as he stays healthy, is in line for a big year. He, Frank, is my number 13 player overall in the first pick of the second round. I don't have him number 13. That's where Michael Thomas comes in for me, who you had inside your top 12. I still, I like Odell Beckham. I, ha- I don't have any shares of Odell Beckham because... Based on where you have him ranked, other people have him ranked very similarly. And whenever I'm in that position, I'm, I'm always going Juju over him. I'm always going Michael Thomas over him. So I like Odell Beckham, but I haven't really been able to grab him just because there are other wide receivers in that range that I think are a little bit safer. Odell Beckham, admittedly, might have a little bit more upside, but really, I just want to build my foundation with my first two picks. I think Michael Thomas and Juju are safer than Odell Beckham this year. Florio, how does that I guess, threesome work for you with Juju, Odell, and Michael Thomas? I think a lot of it is your format. Like in half PPR, I have them back to back to back. I have it Hill, Odell, and Juju. You haven't gotten Tyreek Hill yet. 
Yeah, well, oh. Oh, Michael Thomas. Okay, so Michael Thomas is, to me, he's four. I have tier one for me in all my formats is Adams, Hopkins, Julio, yep. Michael Thomas. Okay. Like, that's my top four. And then my tier two is a combo of Beckham, Juju, Hill, and Mike Evans, and uh, Antonio Brown as well is in there. But I like, I do like Odell Beckham. I, I, I do have a few shares of him already. I, I'm with you, Greggy. I think him and Baker could set the world on fire. I would not be surprised at all if Odell finishes as the WR1 this year. We know how talented he is, and he's going to be in the best offense he's ever been in with the best quarterback I think he's ever been with. So I'm really excited for Odell this year. Eli, what about you when it comes to Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas? Um, I guess you could throw Tyreek Hill in there as well. I, mean, I was going to get to him in a moment. Um, as well as Juju Smith-Schuster. I have Hill above all of them. Then I have Odell, Juju, then Michael Thomas. I don't think the, the Saints are going to throw enough for Michael Thomas to be in in the top uh, round or, or even um, closer to the top round of the second round. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's a sneaky one for me. Yeah, I think it's interesting because that's where you come in, right, Frankie, on Michael Thomas, that you don't think the Saints are going to, to throw enough uh, to make him not be awesome because he's going to be awesome, but not as great as these other players, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Odell Beckham Jr., right? Yeah. I've talked about this a lot when we were previewing the Saints. I think there's a direct correlation between how much they've been running the ball the past couple of years and their defense being better and the fact that Drew Brees' passing attempts keep coming down. So I agree with EY to a certain extent. I don't know that Michael Thomas has as much upside as other players in this range, like Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham. He hasn't finished higher than wide receiver six in any of his first three seasons. He hasn't finished lower than wide receiver seven. So he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get out of Michael Thomas. If it's a question of consistency versus upside, I tend to lean with the consistency. So that's why I have Michael Thomas ahead of those two guys. But admittedly, I think Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham probably have more upside overall than a Michael Thomas. But I have them all in the same range. Like, for example, Tyreek Hill's my number 14 player. He's my next player off the board right after Michael Thomas. Florio, you have Michael Thomas inside your top quartet. Obviously, EY and Frank a little bit different. I'm I have him fit. I have him fourth, but like I think the tier actually ends with Julio. So how come you're so high on Michael Thomas when these guys aren't? I th- I do agree with Frank. I, I'm don't think the Saints are going to pass a whole lot. Actually, Drew Brees isn't even a top twelve quarterback for me this year. And I, maybe I I know like I'm always like I'd rather be off a guy a year early. So that's the thing too. But Mike uh, Drew Brees last year. First time throwing under 4,000 yards since 2005. Uh, fewest pass attempts since 2004. But even with all that said, Michael Thomas was a beast last year. Michael Thomas is this team's passing offense. Their whole offense, I think, is Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara this year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they both combined for monster numbers, dominate target share, dominate air yards, dominate all the percentages of everything we want to see. It's going to go to those two guys. So I do trust Drew Brees to get his from Michael Thomas and – Michael Thomas is super consistent. He has some of the best hands in the league. He has some of the best routes in the league. And he just got paid, and we don't have to worry about it. They're fully committed to him. The highest paid, guaranteed uh, money for an offensive player that doesn't play quarterback in NFL history. Clearly, this offense is going to run through Michael Thomas. I'm not too concerned. And I also I do love the consistency, like Frank said, that he brings on a week-to-week basis. Now, Tyreek Hill was a name that you brought up in this tier. Um, EY says he has Tyreek Hill above all of them. Where do you have Tyreek Hill, Frank? So I have Tyreek Hill just between Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham. So that's the start of a of well actually Juju is the start of the of the next tier. I agree with you. I have I have Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, and Julio Jones as my top three. That's tier one. That's to me that's like really round one wide receivers. 
And then tier two is I have Juju, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, and then Odell Beckham. Uh, Tyreek Hill, look, I think that there's risk involved with him as well because I think at any given moment, like something can happen where another piece of evidence comes out, this guy gets suspended, or so there's still that in the back of my mind. Like I don't want to just completely, you know, wash him free of like anything that's going on there, but. It's just the upside is immense. I mean, he finishes the wide receiver one overall last year on 137 targets. His targets went up by you know 32 from 2017 to 2018, and the points that he misses out on not having like over 100 receptions. I mentioned this when we were doing the Chiefs preview. He makes up with rushing yards. I mean, people don't really you know they don't really take that into account. But if he's behind these guys by like 15 to 20 receptions. He makes up for it with his, you know, 150 rushing yards every year that he has because he does get a few of those uh, snaps in the backfield. So I like Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to say that there is no risk involved with drafting him because, again, something could pop up, but his upside is potentially higher than Michael Thomas. I'm going to keep hitting on that. I don't. I don't think that's crazy to say. I don't know. I don't. I don't disagree necessarily that the upside is potentially greater than Michael Thomas, but on a week but on a week to week basis, EY, you don't think and I know you have Tyreek Hill above Michael Thomas. On a week to week basis, are you not more comfortable with Thomas than Hill? <clears throat> I mean, and this always goes down to I mean, I mean I've also I've said this forty times and I'll probably say it another two thousand times. It just depends on your draft and how you've constructed your team from that point. I mean, like, do you already have another one not wide receiver? Do you have Hopkins? And now in the second round, like, I'm probably not going to take either of those guys. I'm going to probably take a running back. So it just depends um, on on what you have and what you're looking to do in your draft strategy. So the most important part of the draft is, is have a bit of an idea, and uh, and but you got to be totally pliable depending on who gets taken where. Yeah, I look at that consistency, and that's why I had Michael Thomas a little bit above Tyreek Hill. Listen, I, I think Tyreek Hill is very, very fun, and, and I think having him – Paired with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, it's like they're going to put up a ton of points. But, and again, you pointed to this yesterday when it came to Michael Thomas, Frank. They had that middle stretch of the season where he did nothing, and that's very, very concerning. But I think there's a better chance that there's games where Tyreek Hill also does nothing because, as Florio pointed out, it's Alvin Kamara, it's Michael Thomas, and... What about Jared Cook? I I knew that was coming. But with Kansas City, like... With Damian Williams and with Travis Kelsey and with Sammy Watkins, they're just... But he doesn't even need the target share. That's what it comes down to, right? He only had 137 targets last year and still finished as the wide receiver one. That efficiency is not going... The Chiefs as a whole, their offense is not going to be, in my opinion, not nearly as efficient as it was last year. Like Patrick Mahomes scored more fantasy points than any quarterback ever. Only LT had more than him. And... They, their offense, they were connecting on big plays. They, they were like 22nd in the league in in uh, yard targets to running backs, but they had the most efficient pass-catching running backs in NFL, as far back as the stats can track. So, like, they're fi- they were off the charts efficient. That, I think, will take a little hit. Florio, quickly, in drafts, in the second round, would you rather draft Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? Tyreek Hill. EY, Travis Kelsey, or Tyreek Hill? Jeez, I mean, having Kelsey just gives you such an advantage at one position for probably Kelsey. We'll Kelsey. talk more about it on the other side. BFF continues after this. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? Go to pointsbet.com slash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the New York Giants minus three and they cover the spread by eight, you'll receive eight times your stake. That's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID. And you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Before the break, I asked both of you guys, uh, EY and Florian, who would you rather have? And it's not even in a vacuum. It's just because they're getting picked very similar to each other. Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? And the reason I asked it is because for me, I have Tyreek Hill legitimately one spot above Travis Kelsey. EY, you said Kelsey. Florio, you said Hill. But it seems like you want to change your mind. I go back and forth. Because at first I was like, no, I'd never take Travis Kelsey in the second round. And then as EY said Kelsey, I was like, wait, that's because in all my drafts, he's gone and usually in the first round. Uh, I don't love my team taking a tight end first at all. I, I Especially, I can't do it if I took a wide receiver in round one. I would need to have a running back in my first two picks. But if I can get that advantage with Travis Kelsey, I'm... I'm going to be pretty happy about that and probably take that. And then, look, I love the middle round receiver. Like, the rounds three through, like, six receivers, I feel like you can legitimately field a starting roster with that. So I'm okay taking Kelsey over Hill there. All right. Flor- uh, Frankie, what about you, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I would take Tyreek Hill. Even if we expect both of these players to regress, Tra- uh, Tyreek Hill outscored uh, Travis Kelsey by 40 points last year in half-point PPR leagues. And honestly, I just don't know how much better that Travis Kelsey can possibly get. I think some of that ADP that we see was when we assumed that Tyreek Hill was going to be out. Me more so. I-, I would put Travis Kelsey in the middle of the second round. I have him as my pick 18 overall here, Greg. But 150 targets last year for Kelsey. Over 100 receptions, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Honestly, I just don't know how much better he can get. And Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, it's his play style just matches up so well with Patrick Mahomes, Greg. I mean, these guys go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. I think you're saying it's a big daddy reference. For I, I, I thank you, Frank, for letting me know. It's like 1999, right, right around 1999. It's a good reference. There you that. go. That was, that was nice. One of your buttons is undone, too. How about you just unbutton the top one, too, while you're at it, Greg? Let's, let's see what, out the baby oil let's again. see what you're working with underneath there. I'm good. You sure? If you want to see, I have a shirtless. You can watch EY on Monday nights. Can we yeah. can we lather you up with baby oil again? <laughs> I'm good. Are you good? Well, we've done that. We've done that to prove that I that I can you know do what Listen. EY does. Yeah. <laughs> you could do part of what EY does. Right, I, I, can do I don't that. think you could pick you, up another human. You could do human the part and... like uh, you know before you go right, out. Take my and, shirt off and put baby ring? oil on. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I could do that. Yeah, maybe like wet your hair a little bit. EY, is that what you do? Was that fair? I mean, it's definitely the hardest part of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, so that's that tier, I'd say, of wide receivers. Obviously, Travis Kelsey in a tier by himself at tight end. But 
for me, when you get to player number 14 in the second round, so the second pick in the, in the uh, second round, it's not Joe Mixon. I'm still not at Joe Mixon because I have Todd Gurley ranked ahead of Joe Mixon. And Ooh. the reason I do is simply based on upside, right? If all goes right for both of these players, Joe Mixon is a first-round pick. He's a top seven, top six running back. If all goes right, Todd Gurley is the number one overall player in fantasy football. It's a better offensive line. It's a better offense. Both of these guys, I believe, are risks. Certainly, the injury risk comes with Todd Gurley. That doesn't need to be said. But Joe Mixon, as I told you yesterday, Frank, for whatever reason, I can't get fully on board. There's just something that screams that it's not going to work out. Even though new coach, new scheme, I get the whole thing. I want that upside of Todd Gurley, and I have him ranked ahead one spot of Joe Mixon. Yeah, so you know, I... I had Joe Mixon in my first round yesterday at pick 11 uh, just because my logic is you can grab the running back there and then whatever wide receiver comes back to me, whether it's Juju, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill in that second round range, I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, Look, they're both risky. I get it. The injury risk probably scares me a little bit more. As bad as the Bengals were last year, all the injuries, A.J. Green, uh, Andy Dalton was injured for part of the year. The offensive line wasn't good last year. Joe Mixon still finished as a top 10 running back. He still finished as RB9. And I understand Todd Gurley has been the RB1, not a RB1, the RB1 each of the past two seasons. He scored 40 total touchdowns over the past two regular seasons. I'm just scared, man. Like, I, You build your foundation of your fantasy teams with, with your first and your second round pick. I still have Gurley as my, my 15th ranked player here. I have him one spot ahead of Odell Beckham because I, I think there's some injury concern with Odell Beckham, obviously, as well. Uh, so if, if I'm looking at both players there that are risky... I'd rather go with the running back, but admittedly, I'm kind of scared. And I'll throw it your way now, Mike, because I know you are uh, you are the Todd Gurley guy. In fact, I think the last time we had you on, we were talking about Todd Gurley as well. Yeah, not much has changed. Uh, I wrote this article like a month or two ago, like pass some Todd Gurley if you want to lose at fantasy. And some people didn't read it and were like, I'm not going to take him over David Johnson and Saquon Barkley. And I was like, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that at where he's going now, you, I think to take another running back over him after we get, you know, past the James Connors and the Le'Veon Bells of the world, because I have Gurley after that, I think you're making a mistake. Like, Joe Mixon has missed multiple games each of the last two seasons. Jonah Williams is out for the year. A.J. Green, he may miss a quarter of the season. Who knows how he'll be when he comes back. Andy Dalton has missed time the last couple years. That offensive line isn't as good as the Rams. The offensive play calling isn't as good as the Rams. The quarterback isn't as good as the Rams. The receivers around him aren't as good as the Rams. And most importantly, the offensive scheme is not built like the Rams is. The Rams is going to be a high... It could be. It cannot Zach be. Taylor. It will not be what Sean McVay <laughs> and the Rams have there. And even if Gurley you know, plays 65% of the snaps, like they're saying, that's still starter workload. Last year, there was not many guys playing 70-plus percent of the snaps. And I, in my article, I wrote it out. If he gets 17 touches per game, even if you lower his efficiency, in recent the last two years combined, he's averaged 1.15 PPR points per touch. If you lower that all the way down to one, and he gets 17 touches per game, he still would have been the RB8 last year. So the upside, the downside, I think, is he if he plays, as long as he doesn't miss a lot of time, he's going to be a top 10 back. I, I feel super confident with that. And the upside is that he's not only the RB1, he's head and shoulders above every other running back. Like He is the first player to lead the running back position in points in back-to-back seasons since LT. Like 
He he was the I know I understand he finished as the RB three last year, but in terms of points per game, I don't think there was a running back within two of him. So like he was so far ahead of everyone else that I think the ceiling is a lot higher. And unless he misses a bunch of time, the floor is too. Because let's be honest, if there's any position where you're drafting and you're accepting that there is an injury risk in any sport, it's running back. These guys miss the most amount of time. Joe Mixon has missed time. Dalvin Cook has missed time in recent years, etc. That's why I'm making the case for Todd Gurley. And he would be, I don't have to take him in my first round, but he would be in my first round. Mike, you mentioned all the stuff that Gurley has that Joe Mixon doesn't, and I'm going to mention something that Joe Mixon has that Todd Gurley doesn't. And that that is, is two legs and two knees. He's missed multiple times with knee injury in the last two seasons. So is that true? And he missed time in college. And the thing with Todd Gurley that I keep going back to is all the reports were clickbait, in my opinion. Like, there was nothing new. It was never, oh, this has happened now. It was always... Gurley's going to be limited. They're worried about his knee. They want him to hold up for the playoffs. And I'm fine with him sitting out the preseason. In fact, I'm cool with that. He's still going to be practicing. I just don't want him to use those valuable reps and risk getting injured in the preseason. I'm totally fine with him not playing in those games. I And we've also heard a lot of positive reports. Sean McVay has said nothing but positives. Todd Gurley himself has said positive stuff. MJD has said positive stuff. To be fair, they did say positive stuff, of course, in the playoffs last year and in the Super Bowl last year. They did. And nobody knew what was going on. Remember, I remember this very vividly. We're trying to set DFS lineups, even, you know, fantasy championship lineups. We had no idea, Greg. I mean, it was a, it was a toss-up. We didn't know if it was going to be Todd Gurley, if it was going to be C.J. Anderson, and we just had no idea. It was We all assumed that there was an underlying injury, which I guess we kind of found out, but we knew he was battling this knee thing. I mean, it's got to be pretty significant. I mean, the fact that he just didn't play down the stretch, didn't play at times throughout the postseason, like, during the Super Bowl when they need him most to. Like he played, but My, he, he almost split snaps evenly with C.J. Anderson. So, I, so definitely, and I agree, obviously, with all of that. But is it a significant enough injury? And we know it. We've heard chronic arthritis. We've heard all that. That like six months later, he's still not. Is there so no, we know there's no surgery and, involved. And the thing is, I don't know that anyone knows the answer to that question, Greg. Of course. So it's kind of just like a But isn't that risk, EY? Let me, go to, let me bring you in on this. Isn't that risk here at the top of the second round or, or toward it well worth taking? I believe so. I mean, it, it, I've said this before. Is like if we think that that he's the only guy with arthritis in your in your the only guy with arthritis in his knee in the NFL, you're insane. It, it's there, we're talking about it because he's interesting to talk about. That's it. It's clickbait. And my question to you guys, though, are, are you concerned that he's going to miss games? Because if that's the concern, I have that same concern with Dalvin Cook. I have that concern with a lot of these running backs. With Damian Williams, another guy I love, I have that concern. Like, he's never had this workload before. But I don't foresee a situation where Todd Gurley is phased out of this offense or where he's sparingly used all year. And even if, let's say, he averages, like I keep saying, the 17 touches per game. I think he could lead the NFL in touchdowns again on 17 touches per game. That's how much he's used in the red zone, and that's how good Sean McVay is with the running backs in the red zone. It was it was a basically a Gurley versus Mixon conversation because I still have Gurley ranked 15th overall, so it's not like I'm significantly down on him. Sure, but for me, it's just I would take Mixon. Time will tell whether or not you know that is uh, correct or not. It's just my philosophy is. I'm just so scared. Like, I don't want to take someone that already has an injury concern, like it, it, like a legitimate one. Joe Mixon has missed games here or there. I understand that. I just I worry that it's not just games, Mike. I I, I worry about like chunks of time. You know, like a month. 
Didn't didn't uh, Mixon have MCL surgery? Terry's MCL last year. Yes, and ha- he came he, back. He yeah, came I, back. no, no, I he know. Really good. When he he's came come back, back but he said so. he's had knee injuries now. That's three years in a row. I think going back to college. So like, where's ACL there? Yeah, he's not without concern either. A little bit younger. Youth is on his side. Not that much younger. All right, we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. When we come back, we need to also talk about the glaring hole in the second round, and his name is Melvin Gordon. What do you do with Melvin Gordon? We'll try to answer that next. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. In mentioning these running backs, the one name that we continually don't mention is Melvin Gordon of the Chargers. And Frank, you and I have talked a lot about this, so I want to throw it to Florio and Eric because I don't know. It's very sensitive, Frank. Florio. Sorry, I forgot. It's all right. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Clearly. Stained. Um, That's going to be our thing. Whenever we make a reference, we have to say where the reference is from. (laughs) I think we should. (laughs) It's been a while. Stained. Big Daddy. So, Melvin Gordon holding out of training camp for the Chargers. There's no indication he's showing up anytime soon. We said yesterday, Frank, that this is we think it'll work itself out, much like the Michael Thomas situation worked itself out. But, Mike, Eric, there's been no indication this Melvin Gordon thing is going to work itself out. If you were drafting today, EY, where would you feel comfortable drafting Melvin Gordon? I've got him outside of the first two rounds um, because of the contract thing. We've said this before on the show. uh, The Los Angeles Chargers are famous for being cheap, the front office. Uh, They did it last year. They did it with LaDamian Thomason. They did it with uh, Vincent Jackson. Jackson, And now they're doing it again with him. I mean, the reality is I'm going to side on the side of the player. Melvin Gordon is... Uh, of an excellent to top five running back in the NFL um, and deserves more money than what he's being paid. So uh, he's going to hold out. Um, he's secured enough seasons where he can get to free agency. So I, I think this is real. It's not the same kind of situation as Ezekiel Elliott. Michael, I, I struggle with this one a lot. Like currently in, it depends on format and stuff, but he comes in pretty much around like RB 18, 19 for me. And that's behind guys like, uh, my tier four, he's in my tier four. I'm sorry, he's in my tier five right now, running back with guys like Marlon Mack and Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram. Because uh, I think the top 15 backs, you know, ending with like Josh Jacobs, uh, Jones, and Carryon Johnson, like I'd rather have those guys over him right now because they're a sure thing. They're a little bit more, they're safer. And But why I keep struggling with this is because I moved Zeke from one in my rankings to four with Same. this holdout potential. Yeah. And I moved Melvin Gordon from six to like, 19. It's a huge fall off, but I do think it's different, like EY was saying, because I think Zeke is an elite talent. Uh, he also, and this is, I know there's a the whole notion of running backs don't matter, and I think that narrative is starting to change a little bit this year, and it's something that I personally believe. I don't think rushing matters. 
If you are a running back who can be a dangerous pass catcher out of the backfield, I think you are uber valuable to your team. Like I think Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara would be super hard to replace. I don't think you could just get another running back off the street. Whereas for their rushing attempts, I think it's a lot it's a lot more on the line and the scheme and all that. Zeke Elliott is an elite pass catcher. Is Melvin Gordon is Melvin Gordon an elite rusher? Has Melvin Gordon been a benefactor of having this great talent around him and, and you know great quarterback and and all that? Because before last year, his yards per carry were always very low. Plus, the Cowboys' backup is like Tony Pollard, right? Who's a pass catching specialist? Alfred but, Morris. Yeah, Al- just signed. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about that. Whereas Austin Eckler is. He's like an analytical darling. Like everyone says Austin Eckler, and, and it's true. Like he stands out in so many of these advanced stats. Plus, they really like uh, Josh Jackson there. So I have a little bit more concern with like EY does that the Cow- that the Cowboys, I think, will pay Zeke. I'm not confident at all that they will pay Melvin Gordon. And after seeing Le'Veon Bell, I think Le'Veon Bell really did change the NFL. And he changed the way running backs think. And I think it's for the better, but for fantasy, it makes it a lot frustrating. And for reference, I don't have him inside my top two rounds either. I did a best ball draft earlier today, Greg, and he went in the early third round. So just to kind of give people an idea of how far Melvin Gordon is falling right now. So I think that makes sense because the pack that I have Melvin Gordon is and I want to have him is above the one you were speaking about, Mike, because that, that gets me into the Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Dalvin Cook conversation. And I have him in this mix. Maybe I'm... I'm being silly and going to cost myself. And maybe ultimately when I do draft, I'll drop him down. But Melvin Gordon uh, is in this next tier for me with Nick Chubb, uh, with um, Damian Williams, and with Dalvin Cook. Eric, I'm going to throw this to you because you said Nick Chubb is in your first round, which means he's above all of these guys. How come? Um, I just believe in this offense. I believe Baker is going to be better. The addition of Odell Beckham, a top three top five wide receiver in the league Najoku's in the offense for another year Callaway's in the offense for another year uh look they're, they're not going to be able to have guys down low in the box to defend this guy he's a freak athlete he can do everything I was high on him last year and had him everywhere and ended up paying off in the long run and I'm high on him now I like Nick Chubb a lot Greg the only hesitance that I have for him is a lot of us play in half-point or full-point PPR leagues. I don't know how many catches he's going to pass. And it's not one of those situations where I don't think that he can be a pass catcher like a Jordan Howard. I think it's more like a Leonard Fournette situation. We said this about Fournette, and then it turned out, oh, wait, he can catch the ball. He's, he's, they're just not always used in that capacity. So I think that Nick Chubb can p- catch the ball, but I don't know that they're going to need him to. They have Jarvis Landry who can catch a lot of passes in the slot close to the line of scrimmage. Same thing could be said for David Njoku. And obviously now Odell Beckham is going to be there, and he's a target monster. So, And they have, and they have Duke Johnson, who's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league. So for me, the only downside to Nick Chubb is the fact that I don't really think he's going to catch a lot of passes. But he can be a... and I, I, you know, I'll give you a visual for a second. He could be Derrick Henry on steroids, which I can't really imagine Derrick Henry being bigger than he is. But from a fantasy perspective... He's going to rush for a lot of yards. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns for the reasons that EY mentioned. He's in a really, really good offense, but I just worry that the receiving upside is capped here, Greg. Yeah, so I agree. So for me, Nick Chubb is is not even the next running back on my list here. I agree with you, by the way. It's, for me, Dalvin Cook. I, Agreed. I, I have Dalvin Cook next. I think you've talked a lot, Frank, about Kevin Stefanski wanting to run the football and this offense being based around the run. 
I believe Dalvin Cook should be the next running back off the board in the second round. And I actually think you can make the case that Nick Chubb's not even next after that. Because I think Damian Williams and Florio, you were the guy that was on Damian Williams last year. You picked him up and you're like, hey, I got a great keeper. And I'm like, you're an idiot. They're going to replace him. And they haven't. Every time they have tried to um, give credit to Damian Williams and talk up Damian Williams, they have. And I know he's battling like a hamstring right now in, in training camp. It should be okay. But this Damian Williams love seems real, so I have it. Dalvin Cook, Damian Williams, and then Nick Chubb. I To me, in like standard, I have Chubb ahead of Williams, okay. but in PPR, yeah. I, I To me, I do have a little bit of concern about... I, I mean, it's a rightful so concern in the passing that you guys have. I still think, though, that we do see Duke Johnson traded. Uh, the reports have been if they can get a fourth-round pick for him, they will, and no team has been willing to give that up yet. But we're going to see injuries in training camp. We're going to see teams like potentially like the Bucks, who I'm hoping that is the one who trades for a Duke Johnson. But uh, we could see him moved. Uh, Greg, I know why you're excited. And uh, I also think, though... Is it because Freddie Galvis is homered? Uh, it is not. Zach Gallon was traded. Oh, whoa. No, it's not. I thought it was because Zach Wheeler was traded to the Astros. That just happened, too. I didn't see that yet. But to, on the Nick Chubb thing, real quick, you guys didn't even mention my biggest concern. Kareem Hunt returns in Week 10. And I think Kareem Hunt is the biggest waste of fantasy pick right now. But I think when Kareem Hunt does return, he will eat into Nick Chubb's work because I think this is a team with playoff aspirations. If I can be as bold as to say maybe even deep playoff aspirations, I think they're going to want Nick Chubb healthy and it's going to become a two-headed monster once Kareem Hunt does come back. Where are you seeing the Zach Wheeler thing? Uh, I think Andy Martino traded, tweeted it out. All right, well, hour two of this show is going to be completely bananas because there's be a ton of baseball trades going on, and I'm sure EY Wait. wants to strangle all of us right now. Never mind. It, it was <laughs> Ariel Cohen, the fantasy baseball writer, quoted someone, and I saw it real quick as I was talking about Chubb. I don't, I don't know if it's accurate, oh though. My so. oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Please. Zach Gallon Are you kidding me, Florian? Anyway, um, yeah, I have it. I have a Dalvin Cook... Nick Chubb, and then Damian Williams. I still like Damian Williams a lot, but, I mean, there is risk that he's been a journeyman in the NFL so far, and he hasn't ever really handled a full workload. We saw last year Nick Chubb did handle a full workload over the final 10 games of the season or so Damian for the Williams Cleveland Browns. did it from week 15 throughout the playoffs. Like it's true. You, it was you, like a five-game stretch. It was, but if you look at that, he had 69% of the snaps, and I believe he was averaging over 18 touches per game. That's something that only a handful of running backs could say they did last year. Uh, and my thing is not... This is what I keep saying. Like I have a video on it on Fantrax YouTube page. You could go out and check it out. I think you're making a mistake if you value or look at what Damian Williams has done the last five, four or five years, however long he's been in the NFL. He, you are not buying Damian Williams the player, I don't think. I look at it as you are buying the lead running back on an Andy Reid-led team that also happens to be the best offense in football. And... And also the best offense for a pass-catching running back to play in. Like I said, Chiefs running backs last year averaged 9.5 uh, receiving yards per target. No other team was over 8.3 since 2000. So that shows you how efficient that is. Why? Because they have a bunch of burners in, in Hill, in Watkins, in Kelsey. Now they have Hardman. They have all these guys who can play downfield yep. that the defense has to sell out to try and stop the deep ball. And if Damian Williams can catch and lower his head and run in open space, I think he's going to pick yards up in chunks. And the teams like that, it's, it's why... 
Todd Gurley last year saw the fewest eight men in the box because teams like this with these dynamic offense that spread the ball so much, teams have to worry about the passing offense, and teams are not going to game plan to stop Damian Williams. They're going to game plan to stop Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes and, and this passing attack. That is why I'm so high on Mahomes, uh, on uh, Damian Williams. It has nothing to do with Damian Williams himself. I would love, if it was Carlos Hyde, if it was uh, Williams, whoever was the lead back for the Chiefs, I would be saying I want this guy on my fantasy team. And I agree with that. It's kind of, we're in a weird spot when we're trying to like nitpick these players because we're basically just splitting hairs trying to figure out, oh, well, why do I like this running back over this running back? So that's the only reason why I was mentioning, you know, these things, the downsides for Damian Williams. I still really like him. And Mike was right, you know, over that five game stretch last year, he was basically used, maybe not as a complete workhorse, but he was used a lot in the Chiefs offense. And to be the number one running back in an Andy Reid offense on the best offense in football, I mean, that is a desirable position to be in. I have Nick Chubb one spot higher than Damian Williams just because he did it for a little bit longer last year. He did it for double the time. He did it for 10 games rather than five games. And we saw Nick Chubb's upside last year. And for all the reasons that you just mentioned you like Damian Williams, the Cleveland Browns, with Odell Beckham now on the field and the fact that defenses have to factor, you know, worry about him and they have to worry about Njoku and worry about Landry over the middle, worry about Callaway taking the top off the defense, there's going to be so much room to run for Nick Chubb and he's just going to finish off a lot of these drives scoring touchdowns. We saw it last year. Like, Freddie Kitchens, once he came in, it was no nonsense. He was like, all right, Nick Chubb is the starting running back. That's it. And for me, I think that he is still going to score a lot of touchdowns and run for a lot of yards. But ultimately, if you play in PPR, I could see why you can make the argument for a Damian Williams over Nick Chubb just because I don't know that Chubb is going to, let's say, like his upside might be capped at like 45 receptions, saw, maybe 50. I saw, I think, I think it was Scott Barrett or maybe Scott Barrett quote tweeted it. Uh, but there was a big argument on fantasy football Twitter the other day about like rushing attempts compared to receiving attempts. And I think it's like triple the value of, of running back receives in fantasy points style on a target compared to a rushing attempt. That's why, in standard, I'm going Chubb, but in anywhere with a PPR, I'd, I'd have uh, Damian Williams like a spot higher. I, I can't argue it. I can't argue it. I think it makes sense. I agree with Florida. That's how I reveal it. So that. you have Williams. All right, so EY, uh, EY and myself were on the side of Chubb versus uh, Nick, uh, Damian Williams, and you guys are Do you guys have uh, any concerns from Week 10 on with Kareem Hunt in the picture? Because I, 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 I do. Absolutely. I think they're touches for the playoffs. Like I think they want to keep Chubb fresh. Right. And well, the Browns team has to make the play. I don't think first. anybody knows though. Yeah. I don't think honestly, I don't think not. anybody knows how like it's in the back of your mind for sure. Like you don't have that lingering in the back of your mind when it comes to the Chiefs for the second half of the season. But and they obviously signed him for a reason. You mentioned this, Greg. Like, even though knowing that's they exactly were gonna take a PR hit, like, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. They clearly are going to get him involved. Nobody knows how much it's gonna be. It could be five to seven touches, it could be eight to ten touches, it could be more than that. Nobody knows. But if Nick Chubb is crushing it in this offense. I don't think that he just sees this significant downtick in touches. There's two to three more players left in the second round. Three questions. Three minutes. We wrap up the show. Hour one next.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, three minutes, three questions for both Mike and EY. We got about three spots left uh, in our second round. So, gentlemen, let's get right into it. Uh, question The next wide receiver off your board is who? Who Who are we? Is this after like Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill and Odell Juju? Beckham, and Michael Thomas, and Juju? Uh, Antonio Brown. Before ahead Mike, of Mike Evans. Ahead of Mike Evans. I had Mike Evans higher for a while, but yeah, I think Antonio Brown is still going to see like 160 targets, and I. I think the ball is going to be spread a little bit more. But I have them back-to-back, and to be honest, I keep going back and forth and flip-flopping them. EY, your next wide receiver off the board is? Go ahead and make fun of me, but Amari Cooper. Oh, my God. I mean, yep, that's... I believe. He's just not going to have the ball enough. They don't throw enough. We'll see. If Zeke sits out, they will. I still don't think they will. <laughs> I mean, it could be one of those situations where, you know, Although they don't throw the ball a lot, he just gets so much of the target share, much like Michael Thomas and the Saints. Like that could that's the path to Amari Cooper being great. So I could see it. I don't think it's all that crazy, EY. Uh, for me, it's Mike Evans. For me, it's Mike Evans as well. In fact, uh, the rest of my second round is full of wide receivers. I have it Mike Evans, then I have Antonio Brown. Do you agree? Yes. And then I go to end the second round at 23 and 24. I go T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen in that order. Fist pump pump from Frank. How do you end the round, Floria? How do you end it, Greggy? T.Y. and then Keenan Allen. Uh, Yeah, I'm cool with that. I like those guys. I I like Keenan Allen a little bit more in PPR. I like T.Y. Hilton a little bit more in half or standard. But, yeah, if where is are we talking like... So the running backs all gone. It's after Chubb and Dalvin Cook, right? Yeah, I'm cool with those receivers. Yeah, it would be like the next running backs up would be Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, that whole group. Leonard Fournette. Unless you like one of those players more. I saw Leonard Fournette go at pick 15 today in a draft, and I almost threw my phone out the window because that's just crazy. Who do you have ending the round, Eric? Uh, Round three? Round two. Round two. Oh, geez. Um, It's around uh, Michael Thomas. Crazy. Just shows you how everybody's ranking. Everybody's rankings are different. You know, yeah. Michael Thomas yeah. ends my first round. He ends EY's second round. Speaking of ending, that's the end of hour one, the fantasy hour here on the BFFs. Floria, have a great time back in California, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully, I'll be seeing you guys again soon, but we hope so. fun. Absolutely. EY, we'll talk to you tomorrow, my man. All right, boys. All right, take a break. Action hour's next. Ton of action in Major League Baseball. We'll break it down for you. Next. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 